0: Today's episode of the Degenerate Business School is brought to you by laundromats, allowing for small-time money laundering since the 19-somethings, and some European financial institutions, allowing for white-collar money laundering for also this period of time.
1: Gregory. Cheers, brother. Cheers.
0: Uh, welcome to another episode of the Degenerate Business School. Thank you. I've been working on my announcer voice for the intros. Yeah. How, what did you think of my sponsor
1: last week, Jesus of Nazareth? I mean, I, I thought it was very fitting. <laughs> it was Earth Day after all so yeah uh not those aren't related but no but you know it, it it was earth day it was fitting with the content oh yeah sure you know uh so a little bit of housekeeping it's gonna be our
0: first spring break in the history of the show i'm going to southeast asia for two weeks i'm disappearing into the jungle and you failed to step up and keep the podcast alive while I'm gone. So I realized that I'm the MVP of the show.
1: Well, it's not It's not that I haven't stepped up. It's no one can replace you. If I put Elena in that seat, I love you, Elena. But this this podcast will lose all of its 24 listeners. So Yeah, yeah.
0: So what's the stock?
1: <laughs> Just kidding, Elena. I know you know. Well, maybe. Are you? The- <laughs> yeah, she might be able to tell us what a Pinterest is. Yeah, I think she knows that.
0: Um, yeah, I hope I don't get Zika. That would be a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, does it matter for me? No, it only matters if you're
1: planning to have planning kids, to be pregnant.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you're fine. Should work out for me. Uh, all right, we are. Uh, we are also going to introduce a. uh A new segment We're going to embed it in another segment But we're going to do uh, Listener Q&A this week A follow up question from my wife About uh, The macroeconomic super edition With James Lynn Very good question And the question is this So Entree into macroeconomic super edition Actually this is just regular edition Because James isn't here Yeah Uh So James talked about how China is a closed economy as a reason why, generally, that's going to be a limitation on its ability to be a global financial leader. Uh, But we also parlayed that into a discussion about how Chinese foreign nationals, with all their money, are buying and stealing all the houses in L.A. and San Francisco and buying them all cash.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So she asked very very pointed question. If it's a closed economy and you you looked into this. I did. And there are capital controls on basically getting your yuan out of China to buy real estate in the US. How is it that so many Chinese people buy houses in all cash? Before you get into it. Yeah. I know I know you're ready. Yeah. There's the added wrinkle of, there was no, essentially no real estate regulation in the United States for buying a house if you don't need financing. Right. Anyone who can procure millions of US dollars, or hundreds of thousands, can buy any piece of real estate they want, because it's completely unregulated.
1: Right. It's just a matter of actually having the money.
0: Yes. But what is the rule, Robert. <laughs> that governs how much money you can extract from China to deploy in the United States.
1: Uh, Well, my understanding is that there is a quota of $50,000 per year per person, I believe. So if somebody is buying a house for $2 million cash, you either have to wait 40 years to extract that or you use the identities of 40 people, (laughs) Um, which is largely illegal. as I understand it, but it happens.
0: Um, so what is your pet theory about? Let's we're in LA. Yeah. I want to buy $2 million, $2 million house in cash.
1: How do I go buy it? This is your idea. You get, you get your 40 cousins to wire $50,000 out, (laughs) but, but it's not, it's illegal in the same way that like doing things in Mexico is illegal. The law enforcement or whoever's in charge of enforcing these laws are largely looking the other way. It's very loosely regulated. I think
0: by now, people have figured out that we haven't exactly researched the answer, but we're getting there. And we'll probably have to answer it over a series of episodes of bumbling stupidity. I did a Google search. Yeah. So, I, right before this, went on like a Quora feed. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those. And someone alluded to, this was my inkling too, there must be a, uh, let's say, offshore, in quotes, industry whereby people with shitloads of money, not just in China, because also there are cases of like Russian oligarchs will buy real estate in America as a way to house their exorbitant wealth in a place that has political stability. There's got to be an industry, whether the Swiss are dominating it, whereby, you know, in a white-collar fashion, you can essentially convert your money in mass offshore and then bring it with you to the United States. That's not, strictly speaking, legal, but
1: probably well-catered for. Yeah, and, I mean, it's not a matter of, like, how you move it once it's outside. It's strictly that one border that it needs to cross. Yeah, so if I'm a Bond, if this is a Bond movie... yeah. We're,
0: and we're rich Chinese billionaires, scions of a great manufacturing family. We take that money, we take it
1: with us to Switzerland, put it in a Swiss bank account, and then we have some... I think that's, that's the one thing that you're not able to do, though. You can take your $50,000 and put it in a Swiss bank account. The $50,000 does not apply to the U.S. alone. It just applies to leaving the border. Out of China out of China, then it just has to be I guess like completely illicit unless you say instead of putting it in a Swiss bank you buy a Swiss company oh okay, yeah well here or, or here's a perfect
0: example. I think developed world companies are probably complicit in this enterprise again we're completely James, speaking out of ignorance. James, come just come back, come back baby <laughs> uh, okay, HSBC. Right, which yeah. is actually has its roots as a Western financial institution in China.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the Hong Kong Shanghai Bank of China, something like that. That's yeah. what HSBC stands for. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. They were uh, prosecuted in recent memory for being complicit in money laundering schemes across the globe. So I feel like. There is a hand in first world financial institutions
1: you know helping to facilitate transactions such as these of course of course um, and it's it's not just things like that, but even when you think about uh, sanctions being applied on nations mm-hmm. banks are still enabling these companies to i mean these countries to do to do business um, because at the end of the day they're having to protect their bottom line yeah so. So, James Lynn. Come back. Strong homework assignment for you. You have two weeks. Or, or if you want to come back, we can do this next week, but eh, I'll give you two weeks. I yeah, I it. just got to give you this computer. I could use the, the <laughs> spring break as well. <laughs> Alright, do we have any
0: other pet theories about tactics to get your money from the Yuan
1: out of China no. into the U.S.? No. I mean, I think I just sounded dumb enough as it is. I don't want to... Yeah, but to put a bow on this, I am certain that wealthy uh, foreign nationals
0: from not just China, other places, elites from all places, uh, park their assets as American real estate, as like a safe harbor against political volatility wherever they live or just a good place to invest or... They want their kids to live in the West, or they want to live in the West. It happens. Oh, yeah. I'm certain of this fact. Well, we've all, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. We've witnessed it with our very own eyes. So, surely, the mechanisms are in place. We just need to find out what they are. Right. Alright. Second topic. <laughs> we don't have any other Q&A. Well, we do. We do. We're going to answer that one privately. Yeah. But, uh, if you do have questions, I would encourage anyone, all now 25 of our listeners, <laughs> to ask us questions. We're happy to give you advice. You should never take
1: it. But but we'll give it anyway.
0: Or you just want to call us out for being clowns, which is
1: also legitimate. Who knows? You could get a, a seat in this room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, if you have a high school diploma,
0: <laughs> that'll probably qualify you for this show. Uh, all right. Second topic in macroeconomics Standard edition GDP uh, Recalcs basically Came out because of first quarter Data being actualized And the annualized prediction for GDP growth now 3.2% beats The estimate of 2.5% In the
1: US But is it Real Berta Uh, Short answer Eh, Probably not (laughs) Um, there's, there's a few really interesting things that came out, um, in that number as far as it's different components and whatnot.
0: Oh, can I talk about our ignorance just one second before you dive in? Of course. I asked you, it was like, but when we were talking about this before, I was like, well, what organization does the GDP calculations? And you're like,
1: eh, they, yeah.
0: <laughs> and apparently it's the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Which resides in, in the Department of Commerce. Oh, it's the Department of Commerce. Yes. Okay, so you did get that far. Yes. So it's a executive agency. Yes. Uh, that no one ever talks about. Right. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. That's who the they are.
1: Yeah. All right. Anyway. So they uh, tell us that GDP is... Uh, 3.5. Sorry,
0: strong, 3, 3.2. Strong and quite strong.
1: Right, right. Now, a few things stand out on on that number. Um, largely, on Tuesday, it was reported that industrial production was down uh, on, a, on an annualized basis. Mm-hmm. And there's about a 70% correlation between industrial production and GDP. So, a lot of people were... Uh, tempering down their expectations for today's number, uh, f- anywhere from one to two percent, to the most bearish people being possibly even flat. In any case, um, as of Tuesday, sentiment was that GDP was going to be bad, which also makes sense given that we had a government shutdown that lasted—I forget—but twenty some odd days.
0: It was a Tw- long one.
1: Twenty was- plus. Sure, it was it was a long one um so again expectation was that gdp was going to be down now as far as what actually drove it to be 3.2 it was largely net exports so our imports um dropped substantially and our exports increased modestly um so is that a function of chinese tariffs and once that gets resolved will this get fixed or I mean, there's a very good chance that this number just gets revised down, given that all of the industrial companies that have reported to this point have reported miserable earnings. The exception being Honeywell. And not even the CEO understands
0: what happened there. Yeah, even he was a a tiny bit dumbfounded. So, uh, what I hear you say,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's a cosmetic improvement and the... Part of the equation that is used to extrapolate GDP growth net exports, yeah uh, it seems like a trick of methodology more than an actual the economy's
1: growing in any a real substantive way well, partially yes, but ever since we 've been in a trade war with china uh, the trade data that comes in tends to oscillate. So at one moment, we're running huge deficits. At other moments, we're closing those deficits greatly. Um, So once we have some clarity on that front, uh, I think this could normalize. But this 3.2% is quite eye-opening. Having said that, as far as the standing of the economy overall, If you wanted to make a bearish argument, you certainly could. There's plenty of data points that would suggest uh, that would support that. If you wanted to make a bullish argument, you could do that as well. Um, So, economic data is pointing in every which way, and frankly, nobody can make sense of
0: it. Alternative theory. Yeah. You mentioned historically, industrial indicators are strongly correlated with GDP. I didn't. No. Are we just entering an era increasingly where industrial indicators are irrelevant because industry is a less relevant part of the American economy
1: as we've become more of a services economy i mean it's certainly it's certainly a part of it, but at the end of the day um this happens over time, not not in a one quarter uh Data point mm-hmm, so in the long run, it's certainly possible that it will lose its its impact on the overall GDP, but as of now, it's still a sizable sizable portion of it all right, so it's fake i I would, fake number I would expect a revision downward when q mm-hmm. two number comes out okay because surely
0: these leading indicators must eventually yeah. Yeah,
1: eventually this has to normalize to something real. And as of right now, it's questionable. Yeah, who really knows what GDP is anyway? I sure don't. (laughs) But
0: it's like I can fake it with the best of them. Yeah, it's like taking science class in high school. Did you take biology at some point? Of course. Mostly biology is memorizing those charts or flowcharts about cells or yeah. photosynthesis, Yeah,
1: no one actually understands it, except, like, two guys at Berkeley. I mean, it's generally understood that any idiot who takes a psychology class thinks they're a psychologist. Yeah. I was there myself.
0: Oh, yeah, like, you read one thing about Freud, and you're like, oh, that explains a lot about Greg, because he's, you know, he's an oral fixation, because, yeah. I don't know, he's, yeah. you know... His mom did, I don't know of, <laughs> See,
1: I don't even know
0: Alright uh, Should we move to the businesses? Let's do it It's earnings season
1: Best time of the year
0: Earnings season is upon us
1: It's very stressful but a lot of fun
0: Now we, we <clears throat> agonize over this We're like, well should we like Talk about uh, Certain companies Zoom in on specific companies Should we make a list?
1: List, power ranking. Lists do well amongst our listeners.
0: Well, it depends. <laughs> so, by the way, uh, as we get into this, if you would prefer a list in this segment, listeners, tell us and we'll reconsider. Maybe. You know, this is not a democracy. Let's be clear.
1: Yeah, we're running a test and learn to see what does well. What, yeah, what that's does. right. Uh, the least sophisticated machine of all time. But what we decided to do
0: is highlight some key themes, uh, key outcomes, things we're just fucking nailing all the time. Other things, a little more suspect on. And the first one is number one, the cloud is killing it! Killing it. Amazon, okay, crushed its earnings guidance. So, continues to show profitability, as we all know. It's basically their enterprise cloud services, AWS fucking profitability machine. Revenue growth was eh, fine. Yeah. But the stock rallied regardless.
1: Yeah.
0: Microsoft killed it. And it's all because of Azure. Right. And now it's marching towards basically being a cloud computing company because the cloud is everything.
1: Right.
0: Now, Arguably, the only other giant that's in this space that hasn't reported yet is Google. They report next week. But I should think that their cloud services division did well, to the extent that it can be gleaned from the way they report earnings.
1: Right. Uh, So, we're right again about the cloud. Anything to add about the cloud? Uh, No, no. Uh, I mean, Salesforce hasn't reported yet, but even they had a good week, so... Oh, they did. They had quite a rally,
0: which yeah. must have been music to your ears and my ears. We, we both we own it. Both long, yeah. I got in long ago, uh, so I'm better than you. Uh, Probably yeah, a better we'll return. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So. Uh, well, we'll see. But the thing about Salesforce, and we've talked about this. Yeah, their earnings objectively were great last time. They were, and they got no credit for it. So I, I'm. It's a mystery. We'll see how this one goes. Theme number two: The world is addicted to social media, just like they were to cigarettes fifty years ago. Facebook killed it; hit every, outperformed every metric, top line growth, earnings, engagement, all exceeded
1: expectations. I, I do love that Mark Zuckerberg basically could have come out and said, "Yeah, using Facebook causes cancer, but it's fine, it's fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. It literally behaves like a tobacco company 50 years ago. Yes. It's it's fantastic.
0: It is not at all concerned about the objective harm that social media addiction is doing to the social fabric of the world. Uh, But. The stock rallied. It is incredibly focused on harvesting all of the data they possess about a person and monetizing it for advertising. So. As a stockholder, I'm thrilled about that. Zuck is prioritizing me over the
1: earth, and that makes me feel special. And it, it, it's fascinating that even, even during their release, they say, yeah, we're probably going to get fined anywhere from 3 to $6 billion, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah, sure. There's an
0: existential change in the law in Europe, uh, but still. Yeah.
1: Stock rally. Good for you.
0: Um. I also just want to, in this context, clarify. Yeah. Uh, When we say the cloud is killing it, we mean enterprise cloud. I think we've clarified that over several episodes. We have. Facebook, you put in its own special vertical of social media is an addictive product that people will just not reckon with the serious consequences of what it's doing to them. And for now, that's a recipe for short-term success. But I actually mean like a five to ten year interval of success before anything really
1: changes material. Yeah, there will come a time when people realize it and eventually it dissipates and goes into, goes the way of MySpace or whatever. But until then... Yeah. The other one that was
0: uh, a very pleasant surprise was Twitter.
1: Yeah. You
0: put them in the social media sphere. They uh, have... They posted, I believe, uh, user growth, top-line growth, they grew profitability, so Twitter under the Dorsey mantle is making some positive strides. I still don't... It it seems like... What's interesting about Twitter is this. Twitter is a ubiquitous, permanent institution in people's lives. It's like an incredible pillar of celebrity monetization and journalism. Having said that, having said that, I don't know a single person with a Twitter. Uh, we actually, I created a Twitter account for this podcast
1: and I, I don't ever, (laughs) Well, on on that same front of social media, Snap actually reported good earnings, uh-huh. and it spiked for all of about thirty minutes. Snap is a fucking waste of time <laughs> before eventually crashing back down to earth. It was fantastic, but uh, <laughs> yeah, people are addicted to this stuff. And uh, good job by you, Mark. Great job by you, Marky.
0: So we kill. We've been killing it on the cloud, killing it on social media addiction. For you know, you you and I. Cause yeah, of course, right. of course. The other thing we've been right about is
1: Tesla is a dumpster fire. I, let me tell you, I personally loved, <laughs> loved everything about this release. Give us the recap. Well, I've been telling you since episode one, you'd stay the fuck away from Tesla. Um, so Tesla reports and they airball on every metric, <laughs> every one of them. They put up a three, goes over the backboard. And, and the best part is Elon could not have cared less. He was more talking about how a million autonomous vehicles are going to be on the road and we're going to hit our manufacturing numbers and yada, yada, yada. But I think the street is finally realizing this man is insane. <laughs> uh, now, there's a part of me that honestly, it, it honestly pains me a little bit because I have a personal vested interest in Tesla doing well. Um. I don't drive, so if autonomous vehicles do in fact come to be well to be fair, I'm all for it to be fair, if autonomous driving is figured out by someone, it's a win for you it, it is. doesn't have to be elon it is, but Elon is just the most aggressive in his uh in his promises, so you know. well let's i mean not to sidecar you too much
0: because yeah. you're you're on a fucking roll baby yeah but The company that's probably going to figure out self driving, I think, is Google, because they have the navigation software. Or if some other company figures it out, they're going to have to have a juicy licensing agreement with Google. Google for the maps technology. Google just buys Tesla. Yeah, some integration like that, or whoever actually is like doing the uh, actual like hardware integrations of self-driving technology like it will have to
1: piggyback on the google maps infrastructure well i mean elon already claims to have the hardware to do it Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of improving the software which he claims will be uh in operation by next year yeah so i mean i have to ask right if Tesla's on the brink what do you think happens first they either go under or they actually have a million self-driving cars on the road Oh, they're going under, baby. This even even during their uh during the earnings call, he did not dispute that there's a good chance they're going to have to raise more capital because but it's not even an economics question, right? Like in order
0: to scale self-driving technology to that extent, you need regulatory approval. And there ain't no way by next year Elon's going to have that regulatory approval lined up. I think At the end of it all, like, Elon, he's so entertaining. He is. And I I always want him in my life. (laughs) But (laughs) this was just his way of distracting people from the fact that the actual company of Tesla is doomed.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it was late last year that it was reported that uh, Tesla was single-digit weeks away from literally going under. I would not be surprised if that was the case right now. It's gotta be. Uh, their their actual earnings came in well well under their actual expectations. So, yeah, I mean, I wish I wish them the best, but it, it does not look good. It is also just like an
0: incredible story of like overvaluation
1: in its market cap. Oh yeah, from its incredible peak uh i mean not even not even its incredible peak from last week, yeah from last week, last week it was worth more than Ford, yeah,
0: hilarious yeah r i p Tesla, you go the way of Delorean Motor Company, but <laughs> at the end of it all like yeah it'll it'll get scooped up by some other i don't know if it's Google, Apple has been bandied about in the past, Ford and like an established automaker, who knows.
1: I mean if they have a market cap of forty billion, I think I think Apple could easily take them and just use them as a pet project. Yeah. I mean they had It's a hardware company. They had uh, self driving car aspirations at one point. We know this
0: video experiment's gonna come to nothing. Uh experiment, I should say. All right. C two more things we wanna highlight that that one is probably more of a standalone. Uh I'll pivot to Boeing. So, Boeing reports good earnings. Yeah. But the underlying business is under immense pressures. Cancellations are mounting for the 737 max. I took a flyer on Boeing like an idiot because the stock had plateaued. It actually continues to plateau. And it's trading at, what was close today? 380-ish? 380. Yeah. Um At the nadir of where it was after the Ethiopia crash incidents, it was like 369. Yeah. So it has undergone a rally from the trough, not its high of like the 440s in recent memory, but it is remarkably resilient to the underlying business pressure. It just makes me wonder how long will it last if the 737 MAX can't get its shit together.
1: Well... I mean, a couple things come to mind. One is that, what are the alternatives? Can Airbus necessarily, like, take that much market share to really uh, impact it that much long-term? The reality is probably not. No. Um, Having said that, there isn't any good news that has come out in regards to Boeing, and the stock keeps holding. Yes. So... I mean, I think at this point, whatever downside existed is baked in. They gave poor guidance for the second quarter, and even that didn't matter. So, I mean, if that didn't bring it down, I don't think anything will. Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's in a... Perhaps it's
0: this. There's a broader consensus that Boeing, as an established manufacturer of aircraft, will figure this shit out. Yeah. It's got to be that. It has to. Uh... Alright, last one. 3M. 3M makes scotch tape. So far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, Glues,
0: yeah. adhesives.
1: Uh yeah. Maybe. Crafts? Crafts?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not. Evidently it did a lot of business with China. Yeah. And uh... and it's seen pretty substantial revenue growth over the last twenty years in spades. Uh As the Chinese economy grew exponentially, construction increased, uh, manufacturing increased, as the Chinese economic engine has slowed down, the tariffs exacerbate this effect, 3M is taking an absolute dump. So, tethering this back to the macroeconomics corner, the story of GDP growth, China slowing down, Ultimately, and and this being a boon to net exports with the mercantilist policy of Trump, 3M, tough beat. You are the victim in all of this. Yeah,
1: and I think this sort of supports the idea that there's definitely some shady shit going on in that 3.2 GDP number because (laughs) this, along with every other uh, industrial or manufacturing company that isn't... uh, Essentially, services or cloud-related got killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, there's not a lot to say here other than it supports the idea that that GDP number will probably get revised down. And also,
0: again, as a guiding principle, if a company if a company dwells in the 20th century manufacturing or industrial models. You should probably stay the F away from them. Yeah. Now, the cloud, the cloud titans, Amazon, like there's an element of Amazon has to big build server farms in the physical world to create the cloud infrastructure. But that's that's where you want to spend your money. Yeah. So as much as anything, you're tired of hearing this, 25 listeners. The cloud is everything. If you're not in the cloud, what the fuck are you doing? Right. But if you're making scotch tape or
1: you're manufacturing shit, stay the fuck away from that. Having said that, Mm -hmm. not to uh, pivot into Robert's DeGeneres Thought Pick Corner. Maybe I was doing this to pivot you. Um, So I didn't actually buy this just because the bid-ask spreads were obscenely wide, but I did actually intend to buy uh, Stanley Black & Decker today. Mm Which power tools, baby. makes power tools and I'm not sure what else. You can't drill something into a cloud. You can't. You can't. But it reported very strong earnings this week. Uh, top line, bottom line, guidance, everything was good. Uh-huh. And the stock did nothing, uh-huh. which I find troubling. But I wanted to buy into it today, and I, I simply couldn't. The bid ask spread were literally $2, uh-huh. which on an option is it's not it's not going to work. Um, so I unfortunately did not buy it. I might have to buy the stock outright, which is something I haven't done in about three years, but. So why are you scouting it? Because you feel like it's undervalued? No, because it's one of, uh, literally two companies that, that makes things that aren't in the cloud uh-huh. that actually reported good earnings. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's sort of the, the whole thing about, Honeywell CEO saying, "I don't know if we're doing something right, or if maybe it just hasn't hit us yet." Yeah, but they're one of two companies. I did also consider buying Honeywell, but it wasn't as appealing. Well,
0: arguably, there there is a if you're in the physical world. Yeah, I mean, Boeing's in the physical world, right? Like, it is. air travel for the foreseeable future uh, is a booming sector of the physical world cloud services underpinned by server farms in the physical world yeah uh, so maybe it's not hard and fast industrial you know goods CP CPG makers right like you don't have to avoid them necessarily but beware just understand that whatever they're making has to have like a new
1: relevance in the world I mean or a monopoly in, in the, I mean for cPGs you can you can make the case that staples like Procter & Gamble will not go anywhere. Um, will their stock perform to the same uh, degree that cloud companies do? No, of course not. But for somebody who's buying options as I am... That's where the value dwells. Yes. So for me, buying CPG or buying power tools makes a lot more sense than buying something like... a it's true. There's good nuance there. If you're a degenerate stock trader
0: and you want to get into the options game, that's where you can extract value. If you're a value investor, stay in the cloud.
1: Yeah, if you're buying the stock itself, go to the cloud. If you're buying options, uh, yeah, your, your staples makes a lot of sense. Very good. Wisdom every day. That's why we're here. From ignorant
0: mofos like us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when we return in two weeks, just to clarify this. Uh, I return to the nation, uh, on May 11th, May 11th, uh, maybe we could do a special weekend episode edition. All
1: right, we'll we'll see. how You might
0: be busy. I don't know. You might be shooting pool in, in LB. I am more than likely going to be shooting pool in LB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to set expectations, maybe we do an episode then. We could also do like an early week episode just to get us back in rhythm, or we come back Friday, the May seventeenth, get back in the regular cadence. TBD, TBD. But uh, until then, until then, guys, enjoy your spring break that I imposed upon you by going <laughs> on vacation when no one else is going on vacation. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Farewell. Farewell.